What did you do? I think I broke my leg. A compound fracture, specifically. I mean the ship! You tried to steal our ship! You mean the one you stole first? She makes a good argument! Oh, really? Now you're taking her side? At least she saved Murph. It's okay, Murph. You don't need to be scared. I'll protect you. Janeway to crew, do you read me? We hear you, Janeway. Is the ship okay? The Protostar landed safely 10 kilometers away from your current position. I'm activating a beacon that will lead you to the ship. Diagnostics show minor damage. finish their day and hurry home. My day starts. My podcast is open from midnight to 7 in the morning. They call it Shinya Podcast. Oh wait, sorry. Sorry, I got mixed up. I got my intros mixed up. I'm sorry everybody. Hello and welcome to Strange New Takes. I'm your host Nach Karnik. It's been a while. I'm getting used to this hosting thing again. Uh, and so, you know, I got my intros mixed up. I, I'm all hesitant here. I don't know what to do. I Typically, I say, and with me are, right? Is that what I do? Yeah, I, I, I think, but the problem is right now we have to say, and with me is? Yeah, yes, of course. See, I couldn't even process that. In per- like, in the moment, I had to ask you about it. You're clearly better at this than I am, so I don't even know why I'm doing well, this. Well, our, our, our problem here is that I have been basing my hosting on what you did for hosting, so now you're going to base your hosting on what I've been doing for hosting <laughs> based on you. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to go, but... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess you, I'll assume the last word you said was is. Yeah, okay. And I'm Adam Bowen. Oh, there we go. Perfect. Well, welcome to Strange New Takes, everybody. We're a podcast that has been recapping a lot of different Star Trek. And we are now uh, recapping Star Trek Prodigy at this moment. Today, you're also going to get a second episode at the same time as this one drops for the first episode of Season 4 of Discovery. But that's not this one. So we're going to talk about instead in this episode about the fifth episode of star trek prodigy we're gonna go with well, it yeah it's like the fourth slash fifth it's, exactly. it's confusing exactly and, and it is but... named cleverly named terror firma terror firma yeah that was a great one on their part uh make sure to follow us on social media that's at strange new takes on facebook instagram and twitter uh tell your friends about it uh and yeah make sure that every single one of them uh just Puts a five-star rating on on uh, Apple Podcasts is what it's called these days. And you know what? I, I think you can approach strangers and ask them to do the same thing, too. Because <laughs> I, it might just help break the ice and you, you can meet somebody. And I will just take a minute to emphasize what Adam just said. What happens when you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts is other podcast distributors pick up those ratings. By the way, if you're listening to this on some other service that has ratings, we'd appreciate it there, too. Ratings help us jump up higher on search lists when people say, hey, I'm looking for a new Star Trek podcast or, you know, Strange New Worlds has just come out. I need a Strange New Worlds podcast. So when you give us that rating, it really helps us out. I would be much obliged. Adam would be much obliged. We'll assume that the rest of our co-hosts who aren't here would be much obliged as well. So uh, appreciate you going and doing that. Quick other warning. There are going to be spoilers. We recap episodes. That's typically what happens when you recap episodes. So... If you haven't watched this episode of Prodigy, do that. If you haven't watched the rest of Star Trek, well, I can't make you do that just to listen to a one-hour podcast, but just know that we will spoil a lot of other stuff uh, in 
while while talking about our Prodigy episode as well. As long as you've listened to about 600 hours of Star Trek, I think you'll be okay. You, we don't have to go the full like 800-ish. Like, <laughs> I, I think you'll be <laughs> plenty prepared. All right. Well, we always start our episodes with our strange new takes. So... Typically, I'd say, who's got a strange new take for me? But uh, <laughs> Adam, it's really just you or me. I don't know. We should have flipped a coin to see who goes first. But uh, We absolutely should have. Uh, but you know what? I think I will just uh, take us off here. And I think my strange new take, I'm staring at a lake right now. And you know what? I think you should be too. So if if you have time, maybe put this on pause. Go find a lake nearby and just... <laughs> Go sit and look at it and listen to a podcast. It's it's pretty great. I mean, I'm not listening to a podcast. I'm doing a podcast. So <laughs> maybe, maybe you should make one too. But I, I I don't know. I'm just this is a it's a, a wonderful experience, and I want I want everyone to experience this kind of stuff. So um, for the episode itself, um, you know what? I I just I'm 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 so impressed continually with this with this show, and it's I, I mean it's probably uh is maybe even getting tedious to mention this every single week but it's just i i'm i'm impressed with with how well each episode sort of feels a bit different from the previous one but we still have a really high bar for quality here and i'm i'm i don't know i'm just i'm excited to see this sort of uh story continue on i'm a little bit sad that we're gonna have uh discovery yeah <laughs> oh no <laughs> Okay, well, you uh, stay tuned for our next episode to, to hear about that. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's my strange new take. What about yours, Notch? Yeah, so my strange new take is that, we, you know, we, we have recorded in person before with Rudy, and now Adam and I are sitting in the same room. Yeah. Um, and having a headphone splitter really helps when you're doing this, that you're not yanking your, your co-host <laughs> along with you when you decide to move your head. Poor Rudy had to like put up with quite a bit with me. So uh, We should have recorded the Zoom for, for that and released that. It was a pretty comical experience watching them kind of chase each other's heads around. <laughs> so um, I am going to go with something very similar to Adam. I wasn't here to talk about the first four episodes of prodigy with with adam and his crew but holy shit this is the best new track and i i i was so scared i was like am i gonna like it it's a kid show like is oh, this yeah. gonna be cool and oh my god i think adam was the one who said a few weeks ago like i, I can't I, I don't skip the intro and I, i'm there with you man i'm yeah. not skipping the intro it's in even the intro is great ah uh, well um let, let's go with the uh like episode summary here or actually what, what see i keep forgetting what i used to do so uh, well, and now you need to go on the precedent of what i usually usually what i do right actually again. before what we've just done now right so. uh, uh really mm. it's just you know it's like who's landing this anyway the script's just made up and or the po- point what, what what is it that see i can't even host other shows forget <laughs> our, <laughs> so i forgot what they say in who's lines anyway anyway as i said before we are talking about terror firma the fifth episode of the first season of star trek project it first said 18th November 2021. Uh, it was written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson. It was directed by Alan Wan and Olga Olanova. Uh, these four people are apparently the, the all-star crew, along with everyone else who's been uh, involved with Star Trek Prodigy. So remember their names. Here's the episode summary from Memory Alpha. It starts with one of my favorite words. Marooned. 
on a deadly planet, the crew must work together with their captive Gwyn to stay alive. Dot, dot, dot. Except the planet isn't the only thing in pursuit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right. So we typically start our discussion of the episode with story and writing. Um, essentially, our script basically has a few bits of, of what the story involved, Adam. Because I thought we'd leave it loose. I've I've enjoyed the the gushing about Prodigy. And I just wanted to join in. And I was like, if I put too much structure on this discussion, it's going to come in the way of my gushing. Oh, and that that's that that's been our problem for the past several episodes. We have all this structure written in, and then we just do not follow it at all. So, yeah, I I, I think that this is a. Uh, I'm gonna jump just jump right in here, and and I think that uh, what I'm really liking is that this episode is sort of taking uh, a lot of the we're picking up a lot of the loose threads from the previous episode, and we're taking our characters in new directions. We're sort of uh, we're continuing to see. Uh, sort of Dal and Gwyn sort of move in in different directions to sort of grow better better towards towards the group. Uh, Rock Talk is still sort of providing a lot of that that foundation for uh, bringing people together, and we also get to see a lot of interesting stuff from Hologram Janeway this week. Yeah, it's true. I think this was the episode that kind of built the superhero team. You know, we, yeah. we the, the series is called Justice League, but it's like five episodes in until you actually get a group that have come together to mm-hmm. call themselves the Justice League. You know what I'm saying? This is the episode where I think our Justice League, our prodigy team, our crew of cadets yeah. came together. Yeah, I, I, I've kind of been thinking of it at, like... Maybe even just like as a joke, like, oh, ha, 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 like Murph is the tactical officer and things like that. But like, I really felt in those last moments of this episode, when you see Dal sort of reaching his arm out uh, to to bring Gwyn back up into the protostar, like that was, it was absolutely a moment where I felt like this is a crew. And yeah. like, I, I want to see these people uh, explore the galaxy together. I want to see where like how they're able to overcome the odds with the, with the diviner maybe they don't need to worry about him for a while uh at least until yeah. discovery's over uh it that's probably how long he'll take to track them but we'll see it's so so okay i have so many thoughts but let's start <laughs> let's go chronologically cuz that okay. like it might help me uh not sound like a uh like a total fanboy here uh, but <laughs> so we start the episode where I actually thought the hiatus was going to be. So I thought the hiatus was last week's episode until I listened to y'all talking, by the oh, way. Yeah. And y'all said, no, we've got one next week. And I thought we were the hiatus, the cliffhanger was going to be the ship's far away. The crew is lost. And that was a compelling cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told y'all on this uh, podcast before, I hate those cliffhangers. The <laughs> compelling ones are the worst. Because you're like, ah, now I want to see what's next. And... Hey, guess what? We got to see them immediately come back the following week, which I really loved. And they confront Gwyn right away. There isn't kind of this, you know, long silence or whatever. Mm. She she is like brought into the crew as like a fully like fledged person who is participating right away. It's not like they're going to like chain her up and like... Yeah, I... You know what? I, I really like how this show has been... Um, I mean, we still have those dramatic irony like structures within the the way that we're writing these characters but we also undermine it immediately in in several different ways like zero has been great for uh when we want to have dal go off and be broody or or mysterious or whatever and not tell anybody what's going on zero just says exactly what dal is thinking and i think similarly like 
we could have, yeah, we could have had the episode where uh, we're just bringing Gwyn in chains, uh, make sure that that Rock Talk makes uh, sort of like keeps her at bay the whole time. But instead, like the the writers are able to sort of trust that you know we get it, like yeah. we're we we know that uh, that's something that can happen, and we we can sort of have a little bit of that tension. It only needs to last for three minutes or something like that. And then we can just move on and and sort of keep moving these characters forward. And it's um, something that I felt about, like I was skeptical with the 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 time limit that a lot of the lower decks episodes have. But with Prodigy, so often I'm just completely surprised that I have just seen an entire episode in just 24 minutes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, it doesn't feel like we're strapped for time and there's no way that we can fit everything in. They just they're somehow able to move things so quickly without me uh, kind of feeling like I need to catch my breath here. It is, it is definitely a show that seems a lot longer than it is. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons that that is, is because they don't do big exposition dumps. Yeah. I think the piece you just mentioned about, they trust us. They know what we've got that we're understanding, which is funny because it's a kid show. Like you think that they need more explanations of like, what's a, what's a protostar or whatever. Like it's not, you don't no spend like two paragraphs of, of script on it. It's just immediate. It's a baby star. Boom. Let's go. And, and even like what they do say about it, they say like, it's you know it's used as like an exclamation it's not like an exposition dump yeah yeah you know the the exposition is like klingons you know they encounter a klingon ship it's not like the klingons are an alpha quadrant species or whatever whatever yeah yeah let's watch their last log or or whatever right no let's just eat their gach and yeah whatever (laughs) and 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 the only exposition we get about the klingons is gwyn saying that's a mechleth yeah you know, and, and you're trusted as a viewer to catch on that, hey, Gwyn knows about the Klingons. This is a species that there's maybe more about. We're, we're going to go to Memory Alpha afterwards and figure it out or whatever. Like, there's not this kind of, like, thing of computer, Discovery's computer now has, like, a four-minute monologue about what the Klingons are. Then Tilly tells us some funny thing that happens with her and a Klingon somewhere. And, like, or, or, or in, as you'll hear uh, later on, uh, we see Vance holding his family, thinking, you know what, that's great. We see Vance back with his family. And then we have to have another scene that is sort of, hey, Vance, I think it is very important and I'm very glad to see that you have your family back. Like, the, the show that's treating us like children is not the children's show. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's true. But hold your jets about that okay, one, Adam. I will. I will. We've got, I'll do my best. We've got 30 more minutes of talking about the happy show, the good episode, before we get to the other one. Um, I'm sorry, people. I really apologize if, if some of you... Um, if some of you are are kind of looking for us to to just love everything, we, we there are things we don't love. So I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we, right. we will get into it. Yeah, at the All proper right. time. So back back to Prodigy. Um, we we start out with our little crew going about searching for the the USS Protostar, and then we switch quickly to the Protostar where we see Janeway be quintessential Janeway. Like I I. I was back on Voyager when mm-hmm. I, when we got that scene of her saying, "Think Janeway, think what would what would the real Janeway do?" Yeah, I I was um I mean we we've sort of gone back and forth with thinking about like okay what are the limitations of hologram Janeway like is it so we we know that she can't like interact with things d- directly we we d- actually we got a lot more concrete with with things that hologram Janeway is able to do like we see her actually touching buttons on the the panels so it's not that she can't 
interface with things. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm even intrigued that there's almost a fe- I'm starting to wonder like how much of Janeway is in there is in hologram Janeway, because it seems like it's quite a lot. There's, yeah. there's even the, that line that she gives of, uh, what about a former captain when trying to get into the uh, sort of the security to to unlock the um, the protostar containment, and it's just I I I'm right there with you with the the level of just you can see the wheels turning in Janeway just the way that like I loved that about watching Voyager like that we had a captain that was very competent and like science driven and able to like. Like it, that show is so much about like unlocking the secrets of the universe, even while we're trying to like get back to the Alpha Quadrant and whatnot. Because Picard's moment, you know, that we've joked about on this show has been he looks out of the briefing room window and then Worf comes in and they have a philosophical conversation mm-hmm. about yeah. something deep that's happened in the episode. Janeway's moment in that same line is her with her crew in the briefing room using her hands and trying to get them to think. Yeah. Like, what's the solution? Like, where are we going with this? Like, And, and, and Archer's moment is uh, torturing somebody to try to get information out of them. So, you, you know, it's every, every show has its moment with its captain, those iconic experiences. And I just, I hey, love that we're Archer's moment that. is giving cheese to Porthos. Okay, okay. He's got two two moments there. Well, so so we got classic Janeway back. I really enjoyed that. Again, I think it was beautiful to see her kind of come up against a problem she couldn't solve. And I think you're you're right on the money that she has complete control of this ship. You know, like Mm -hmm. she's not being like fully transparent with the kids. You know, like we know she's... She doesn't actually think they're cadets. She's not a moron. <laughs> and, you know, she created the, like, little vehicle thing that the planet ate uh, this episode. Oh, I forget what yeah. it's called. Uh, Rest in peace, the runaway. Yeah, the runaway. Uh, and and so she's able to, you know, access pretty deep stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, I think, it's good. I, I'm really excited to see where this character goes, basically, Hollow Janeway. Well... After that, it's pretty much at that point that we find them at the Klingon ship after they discover acid rain, which I I love that they reference acid rain because Mm -hmm. it's not something that I think a lot of people talk about a lot. When I was growing up in the uh, early 90s, acid rain was a big topic of discussion. Yeah, it it was. And it's it's uh, I I mean, that's that seems like one of those instances of um, especially right now, it's hard to feel like. Uh, climate change is something that we can really do anything about or like have it, like in a lot of environmentalism mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, like if, if people can kind of uh, sort of gather around a, a singular issue and try to work on something specific like that, like we can make breakthroughs on things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that it's, it's probably not something that is a um, that is solved in all in at every location, but it, it, we've made a lot of progress with situ- with, problems like acid rain and i think it's it i don't know it, it's it's nice to have like sort of a it's made just a throwaway reference here but um i don't i don't know i'm i i think kids seeing that if i, I mean i remember hearing about acid rain the first time and it was such a compelling topic for me you think things can hurt you can fall from the sky yeah from the clouds like yeah, i'm gonna yeah, look yeah. up that i'm gonna read about it and you know there was that throwaway reference to terraforming as well mm-hmm. which i think was incorrectly used actually uh, the the word, but that might be my incorrect. Yeah, it's like geoscaping or something. Yeah. It, anyway, it yeah. doesn't matter. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, some kid is going to be like interesting and just like Google it while they pause the video or something, you know. And, and suddenly, you have some curiosity about interesting science things. And yeah, again, it's 
but again, the show trusts you to go look that up. They're not like, you know, the more you know G.I. Joe style, like, <laughs> you know, explaining the thing uh, to us. Um, but, but, but so we end up in the Klingon ship, which, whoa, they're in a place where the Klingons could reach? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting a, a, I mean, so it, we know that this is like the Herogen system. I, I guess we still haven't confirmed this episode, like what that actually means or wh- where where it is. We know that the if it is related to the Herogen, they had a pretty wide territory. Mm-hmm. So it's we don't know if like are we deep in the Delta Quadrant with just also Kazons are here too. Or but, the, not. but the way you said it last week, I think helped me understand, which is the Herogen suppressed information about their homeworld. Yeah. So it, they they've like purposefully forgotten about it. Yeah. So it, it's it's something where. Uh, yeah, we we don't exactly know, know where it is, but it, there's an indication that maybe we are at least in that part of the Delta Quadrant where it is common to see sort of the lost ship that has shown up. We we have seen Klingons before in Voyager, right? Uh, and Ferengi and and all that thing. So like it, these things aren't unprecedented, but it's uh it, it it's it's nice to get a little bit more of a glimmer. And like you said, we don't need to like speculate about uh. Like, all that speculation can happen on Memory Alpha or in podcasts or whatever. Like, it, I'm sure we'll, we'll we'll probably get to actually meet a Klingon at some point. But it's a, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I like how this show is able to just kind of, like, drop a hint and maybe it'll get picked up in the future. But it also sort of sticks us into the, the wider canon of Star Trek. But, you know what, we don't really need to write paragraphs about it. So, before we take a break here, the thing I wanted to ask about was, so... Okay, first of all, we had a little bit of emotional exposition when they're sitting around the fire eating the food. We learned a little bit about their innermost desires and we saw how Dal was kind mm-hmm. of embarrassed to talk about his family um, that, that he saw in, mm-hmm. the, in his vision. But the thing that happened right after that, I was curious about your take on it because it seems to me that they're building up to some sort of Dal Gwyn romance which yeah, is maybe the I, one thing about the episode that I was like, did we need this? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, it, it, and I, and I've, I've rewatched the episode, and it, and it's, it, it's undeniable. There, there is at the very least the whoever is in charge of the animation or the cinematic. Right? Is it a cinematographer? I don't know. I don't know the I terms don't. for when you're doing yeah. animation, but it's. Uh, there's definitely like a kissy cam thing going on there. Like there's yeah. the, the angle that we see uh, Gwyn at looking at at Doll. Like it, I feel like even if we change the camera angle a little bit, I wouldn't have gotten that vibe. Right. Because the like it, the audio and the way that they're talking to each other, it can just be friends and like close friends, people who have a long history together, like have have dealt with some like personal trauma and stuff, and. But you're right. I, I, I think that we may be setting something like that up. Which I don't know. I, I guess with a with a kids show, it makes sense to kind of broach those subjects too. And I, I think at the very least, um, this is a show where I could see us having sort of broaching that subject of a Dalgwin romance. But then maybe it ends up in a in a messy breakup, and then figuring out how to still be friends. And I, I, maybe that yeah. can be an interesting way to take our characters that doesn't just feel like a, well, you're the hot boy and you're the hot girl, therefore you have to kiss. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think my, my... I mean, there's a lot of young adult stuff that I've watched and read when I was a young adult that mm-hmm. had romance in it. And it's, it's, it's not a bad thing necessarily. I just think it was very odd for like the fifth episode, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. For me, I was like, 
You could have waited a little bit for this, but again, minor quibble. It was like a half second. I really loved the the way that they figure out the the, the stars or what's gonna guide them oh, to yeah. to the ship. That was that was really cool. I really enjoyed that uh, kind of insight. And again, it's it's kind of this yay science aspect of this show that I really love. Yeah, um, it, but it, it doesn't have to literally say yay science. Science is the greatest thing that has ever been created. Isn't right. it great that we are on a show that appreciates this th- this kind of thing? Yeah. Exactly. It's it's just it's just I think that that's part of the charm of the show. Our characters are using, you know, they're they're nerdy, mm-hmm. and there's no explanations that they're nerdy. It's just they're nerds, and it, that's cool. Yeah, it, it, we don't need to go into like, oh well, you see, Dal has a long backstory of stellar cartography experience, and right. that's why he was able to make this conclusion. Like, no, he just he's interested in the stars. We've said it before. Like he he uh, uh, there is uh, that. I forget the name of that nebula that he mentioned in the first episode, but like we, we know an interest is there and it's just dude's a nerd likes to think about things mm-hmm. has, has like, even though we have a bit of self-deprecating stuff or, or not even self-deprecating, but sort of like he doesn't have very many abilities or, or lines dropped like that. But I, I like that Dal is the one to kind of come up with the spark uh, for that, uh, that bit of an idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, let's take a break right here, uh, and we'll come back and discuss more terror firma. Not as good as sleeper ships do, but these Klingon rations are still better than eating mud. Oh, Pog didn't realize how much he missed home until he got here. When all of those cute little fuzzy creatures surrounded me, they weren't afraid of how I looked. I wanted it to be real, but it wasn't. At first, I was confused why our engine's device was at the center of the maze. But after hearing about all your experiences, I now understand this place was using my obsession to answer that riddle in hope to keep me here forever. Dal, you never told us what you saw. He wanted to see his family, but he didn't know who they were. Uh. Here, I'm not hungry. It's not that bad. It's called a mechlet. It's a Klingon weapon. If warriors didn't make it off this planet, it doesn't bode well for us. You know, for the record, I don't care about my parents. I didn't say you did. All my life, people ask me what species I am. As if, if I give it a name, they'd treat me differently. Usually I make something up, because, <laughs> really, who would know? But just once, instead of being asked, I just wish someone out there could tell me. You want something that no one can give you. And I want something I may never get. Welcome back to Strange New Takes. Uh, here's my exposition dump. If you haven't watched the Netflix show Midnight Diner, which I was reading the intro of right when we started this episode, you should do that. It's a very cozy show. It's beautiful. Um, wouldn't exactly say that it's a, uh, a kid's show. <laughs> so maybe don't watch it with your kids. But it's also not like super explicit either. Um, yeah. It's, uh, I, 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 had, I think I had maybe seen it advertised on Netflix once or something like that. But yeah, I we just sat down and watched... I think three episodes in a row. Five, four or five. Four yeah. or five episodes it's in beautiful. a row. And it's just, yeah. I, 
new favorite show. It's it. it I, you're absolutely spot on that it's, it's a, just a cozy, like inviting experience. And I, I just, I want to go to that imaginary diner. Midnight diner, y'all. Midnight diner. Well, anyway, getting back to Prodigy. Essentially, our our heroes now start going towards the the ship, um, and I think it, this actually happens earlier, not 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 when they're like right before they find the Klingon ship. Mm-hmm. But I just loved Dal using Zero as a flashlight. <laughs> that was very funny to me. I enjoyed that immensely, um, especially the uh, Zero's reaction of like the oh. Uh, I'm glad to help. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this, <laughs> but that was great. Uh, but yeah, this is, so they, so they start making their way towards the ship and run into Dreadnought, and we get the 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 betrayal scene as such. I thought it was yeah. pretty cold blooded of them to leave Gwyn. Uh, at least they discuss whether they're gonna leave her or run, but. Um, I enjoyed that very much. I also enjoy that we're acknowledging their kids and when they're asked to like split up, they don't. <laughs> and it's not like they're like suddenly like Picard and his senior staff have this, like they're not that quality of away team, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, when they, they make uh, incredible mistakes, like it is totally understandable. Yeah. Uh, and it's, uh, I, got, I think something that I appreciate is that we got to see Gwyn be the one saying, uh, leave me, like, sort of save your save yourself sort of taking a bit of that like we know that she feels bad for that betrayal yeah. uh and also like genuinely cares about the safety of the others and i and i think uh we we've seen dal push back at gwyn constantly through these first few episodes and even in the beginning of this episode where it's sort of a well uh gwyn is the one who caused this so we shouldn't help gwyn or like gwyn deserves anything that sort of happens to her and this is at least at the point of the episode where I feel like things start to break down for Dal there. Like we're, we're really, he he's starting to so- soften up and, and realize that this, uh, maybe even if this is something that, that Gwyn helped get them into, they're all in this together. Yeah. And, and he can't, showboat his way out of all of their problems yeah like like he has to think things through find like the you know the aha solution Mm -hmm. work with because he and Gwen basically come up with that star solution together yes and so he's finding the value of teamwork yeah uh, throughout this episode basically while being a bit of a pompous ass while explaining it but it's 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 still growth for Dal, and i appreciate it (laughs) yeah for sure so so basically our 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 group kind of disappears uh together running from dreadnought and then we see the diviner and he chooses the ship which i thought was a beautiful mm. i mean the, the 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 way that they had gwyn finding her dad the last episode and kind of getting turned away by his wanting to hug her and then him seeing choosing the ship this mm-hmm. time I, I just love those two scenes in, in that the, they were in sequence like that yeah, it's it's really giving us insight into their relationship without it having to be. Uh, she doesn't need to tell us a big long story about it. We we totally get it just from seeing those those two scenes. I mean, if this was TOS, she'd go into soft focus and be like, <laughs> 20 years ago when I was born, my father, blah blah blah. He has not hugged me since. He has always <laughs> chosen the ships." I have meant nothing to him. I'm wondering whether I can stay with it. You know, like you don't yeah. get that whole like 30 minute long 
um, piece, just through these two quick sequences, we get to see their relationship laid out. We can imagine the last 15 years of her backstory right there. Yeah, and also if this was the original series, she probably would have uh, died at the end of this episode. Hit by a truck uh, while Bones holds her back. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, so we, we get, we get, we get such powerful moments. And that's, I feel like throughout the last five episodes, there have been these moments where I just get it. Like mm-hmm. these characters are fully formed now. Like I don't know, I, I want to know more about them. And that comes from all of these assumptions I'm making yeah. about their past. Which, which I mean, yeah, if we're going to put this into that sort of that wider Star Trek context, it, it often feels like you, you like you need to get at least a few seasons in here before these characters are like comfortable with like who they are and like getting their... Uh, sort of the, the making sure that they have the right feel for them, but like it's it is there already. Yeah. I I don't I I don't need. I mean, may, I, if if season uh, four through seven or whatever are so much more amazing <laughs> than what we're seeing now, great. But like I I'm I'm right in here, and I and I think we're doing such a great job, like getting into these characters fully formed already. And I think the other thing that I got to call out about this moment with the diviner and his daughter is that we get Gwyn's redemption arc mm-hmm. done in a way that I think makes a lot of sense. Now, it makes perfect sense to me why she's with these people yes. and why she's gone from, you know, being sullen in the brig to now participating in their escape. Yeah, and and we don't... I, I, I don't know. It doesn't... I, I feel like sometimes there's sort of that temptation to, like have the the potential villain character like be cozy up and nice to everybody for like Mm -hmm. several episodes that then they can do the ultimate betrayal and it's i i like the that we have flipped that so that she tried out her betrayal first chance that she got and then it didn't go well for her so so we can we really can start forging these bonds and like maybe episodes five through ten it's it'll be I'm sure there's still plenty of tension. There's lots of things that they need to to work on together. But like, I I can see it. I can see this crew like being a, a unit together and having a lot to contribute to their journey. And, and the other thing, uh, sorry to hang on this moment a lot, but there was so much packed into I think that scene with Dreadnought and Gwyn, and then the one with Diviner yes. and Gwyn. Another piece that we see there is that while Dreadnought is kind of this like cold, heartless, mm-hmm. you know. Machine, I mean, literally a machine. Yeah. The Diviner actually does have feelings. He's not a one-note villain. And he, like, hesitates. You know, he wants to save his daughter in some way. That maybe he's been this kind of rough and tumble person mm-hmm. in, in interactions with her. But it's it's he just doesn't, like, turn his back immediately and go to the ship. Yeah, it's a it, choice. And, and, and I think that that also goes into why there was that hesitation from Gwyn, like wanting to believe that that slightly more tender father that she saw in the previous episode was the real, the real person because he, he does have some of that in there for his daughter. Like that we, we can get a sense that there is that dynamic. He, he does, he, he does love her, but it's, it's one of those situations where the, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out more, but the, there's something about the ship that made him prioritize it over her safety. And, and, and honestly, like later on, he is still, gen- it seems, I think he's genuine when he says that he's, he's glad to see that she's still alive. Mm-hmm. And it's a, but it's, it's that, that complicated uh, relationship of 
she she never knows what to expect from the designer from the diviner and, and it's a like there might be the, those moments of tenderness and there there's those heartbreaking cold calculations that he makes in order to sort of see his mission through well i'll just say that the m night Shyamalan twist right there with the fake ship was it fucking got me uh <laughs> it got me it got me real good um i just love when the door opens and it's the crew uh, running on board yeah and janeway i love janeway's where's gwyn like moment it's just yes it's it's perfect um i'm not gonna belabor it because we've said a lot of these things that i want to say here earlier um later the moment of discovering what the protostar is again a moment where science is front and center you know i i mm. am I mean, talk about some st- the introducing the kids to techno babble <laughs> and Star Trek. You know, just being very Star Trekky about its technology. Yeah, sure, we've got a star in in the warp drive. Yeah, like, that we just did that. That happened. Well, and, and they they even gave us a little bit more, like in the proper Star Trek way. We, we said it's a protostar, and we he, we had the explanation. It's a baby star, and then oh, like like so, it's, it's this show's way of doing the over explaining. But we it was two sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it. Uh, I I love that. I love them just like blasting away from the diviner. Um, very curious to see what happens next in their journey. I. If they've got this ship of tremendous speed, I mean, you'd think that the protostar drive is faster than, you know, your usual warp drive. It means that they could make it back to the Alpha Quadrant much quicker than Voyager would have from the same location. Yeah, but I, I mean, unless Rev-12 has absolutely garbage sensors, it seems that we have, like, the protostar has the ability to go so fast that you are you go out of range of long-range sensors, which I, I think that's a pretty... That's pretty far. Uh, I... I, I, at least from a um, uh, re- recent ep- episodes of Star Trek and in, in the the newer series, that there's not as much of the oh, if someone goes to warp, mm-hmm. then they, we don't know where they are. You can always there's something you can follow, but it seems that the the protostar is just gone after it slips from your view uh, with this drive. So I, I'm I'm intrigued to see yeah where they go is is the entire is the entire galaxy opened up to them? Like can we just go to the Federation? In episode six, yeah, I mean, I it, it opens up a lot of possibilities now. I think from this point forward that are very intriguing because we still don't have the so okay. Let, let's take stock. We still have the diviner and dreadnought chasing after them. So you know, mm-hmm. I mean, next episode it could be like dreadnought coming and saying we found a way to track them or whatever. Mm-hmm. We still haven't had the reveal of Janeway saying I actually know who you are. So let's drop the axe, shall we? Yeah. Um. We still need to find out quite a lot about Murph. Um, yes. And there still has to be some, I think, reckoning with what's happened to all of them. So Gwyn still has mm-hmm. a little bit to answer for. Absolutely. So, so so these are all the things that I think we've now got to deal with. And that becomes a lot more complicated if we get to the Alpha Quadrant before we deal with them. Um, that, that That's entirely true. But I, I, I think what, what's interesting is that just on these five episodes... There is so much that I want to know and learn about every single one of these characters, and they could go in kind of any direction. Like, yeah, I, I, I think that, that there's enough material in here that episodes five through ten, maybe we don't even see the diviner again, and it would. I think it could still be a compelling way to continue the story. There was a a show I forget it starred John Cho, 
and uh, it was like everybody in the world like missed a minute of their lives and then like planes fell out of the sky and like all sorts of bad stuff happened because everyone just blacked out for like a minute and there were two episodes of the show where back to back where you don't see the villain and at the end there's like a shadowy government figure being like it seems they are finding out no, there's no way they'll find out. We have to prevent it. And like these two figures are just talking to one another, like just like it had. To, he has to be stopped. And the episode ends. And the next episode again, you don't see these two guys until the end, where they're again at some other phone booth. <laughs> they're discovering our secret. They have to be stopped. And it's just like the same thing over <laughs> and over again. That's what's happening. Diviner just comes in, in the last ten seconds. I am still looking for the prodigy, pro- progeny, and they're not. Yes, we will find the protostar. <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> Q credits. <laughs> and and because the way that this show works, they will just like cue those credits without any like halfway through your sentence. They're, they're just going to suddenly happen. <laughs> and it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm i excited to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think, is there anything else you want to talk about with characters or the story? Any any pieces that you, you wanted to give us a little bit more discussion on? I, I mean, you know what? I, I just, I can't get enough of Murph. Like, to, uh, I, just seeing Murph scared and adorable at the beginning, like, I, I, it just breaks my heart a little bit every every single time I, I see that that poor little guy. So... Uh, yeah, but uh, other than that, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty much, pretty much good. I just needed to give Murph some extra time. All right. Well, I'm just going to say I like the, um, voice actors pretty much universally in the mm-hmm. show. I've been trying to see if there's any weak points and anything that I can like criticize that really isn't. I think they're all doing a great job, um, which is incredible considering one of them is like eight, I think, or 10 or something like that. Yeah. It, R- Rock Talk is... Uh... Yeah, I'm so impressed with that actress and and how they've they've come together with the uh, the animation and the because it's it just there's so much that I get out of that character in particular, and it's uh, I, I'm just I'm blown away every single time. We we should give the the voice actors of Prodigy just a quick moment in the sun because they I mean like I said they have been doing such a great job that I think I think we should just call out their names um for just a moment so we've got Kate Mulgrew of course uh, <laughs> who, who who does she play <laughs> Riley Alazarkavi as Rock Doc uh that's the the young woman who I, I don't know how exactly how old she is but she is quite little so it's impressive to see her giving us such a comp- compelling pr- performance we've got Brett Gray as Dahl um who I think has been as much as I have disliked Dahl in the last, like, four episodes, it's mm-hmm. because of his performance being so great. Like, you believe that Dahl is kind of oh, yeah, self-absorbed it, and... Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a... Uh, it's, it's definitely that case of, like, the, the, the performance is too good and so now I'm angry. <laughs> right? I, I love it. I love it. Um, Angus Emery as Zero. Uh, D. Bradley Baker as Murph. And then Jason Mansukis as Jenkin Pog, which this was the one where I was like, ah, is that going to work? I mean, Jason Mansukis from like Parks and Rec as 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 a kid's character, and it does. It's it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, it, it's it's it, he's been growing on me uh, episode over episode. So it's a uh, yeah. I I think I'm I'm in agreement with here that this is just a completely stellar cast. And then of course John Noble and Jimmy Simpson as the Diviner and Dreadnought, respectively. So much respect to our Prodigy cast. Uh, again, I'll repeat, as far as I'm concerned, the best new track we've we've had um, since maybe like 
Voyager. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's been <laughs> decades is where we have to start measuring this. Uh, and yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take a second, man. Like, I'm just going to take a second because like this feels like Star Trek and there's no uniforms. There's no Starfleet. There's no Federation. And it still feels like Star Trek. Yeah, no one is Spock's sister or brother <laughs> or like, yeah, it, it, it's... Uh, no one's Kirk's son I mean maybe that's that's who Dal is somehow and like there's going to be some sort of temporal anomaly thing that enabled that to happen but like ah this this show is just good and it is just Star Trek and it's 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 amazing that they've been able to do this on a kids show that I uh, during a pandemic yeah, I, I I was sort of a like, well, I'm doing a podcast uh, on Star Trek, so so I I have to watch the show, but who knows what my interest level is going to be? But I don't I don't know. My Let, change, let's just do the yeah. o- only Prodigy from here on out for sure. And I think it gives me some hope about just kids shows in general. Like if I have to hang out with kids or whatever, now mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to put on. You know, like I I if I if I have to like kids sit for somebody or whatever. I'm just going to put on Prodigy. Like, <laughs> Uncle Lodge, do we have to watch Prodigy again? You've made us watch that like 30 times. Yes, yes, you do. <laughs> and you will tell your parents you had a great time. <laughs> can, can we watch Voyager instead? Come on, man. No, this show's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I grew up with it, but I don't have any nostalgia anymore. <laughs> Rudy, Rudy, he, he said those things, not me, okay? He, Adam said that, not me. I still love Voyager, all right? Please, please, please don't cut me off. Please don't cut me off. All right. Well, it's time for strange new ratings. Uh, Adam, I'm in an awkward position of asking you to pull up my spreadsheet uh, and enter the ratings in there. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Have you been doing that for the last few weeks? Uh, uh, Rudy has been doing this. Okay. Right. So, yeah. Good. Good. Uh, don't I, mind the clicky clacky that's happening. But I, I haven't actually opened the spreadsheet because I listened to the episodes and so I don't need to, like, check it. Um... So yeah, I'm I'm just gonna start. Um, this is a solid ten for me. I I you know there's that one little like you were talking about the kissy cam that I I thought was like eh, did that need to be there? But I I'm sorry, man. I just I just love this. Like I I can't find something that makes me want to not like it tied a bow on the you know first segment of the series so well. And, you know, that redemption arc, which is hard to do sometimes, you know, like Giorgio, we're just like, oh, she isn't Hitler now. Okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> but I think they did. A, they did a, and, and let's not forget, Gwyn is pretty much like a slave master. So, yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, we're, we're, we're getting we're getting a little bit close there. And we'll, I guess we'll see what what uh, the the full set of crimes that her father has gone has gone through if, if right. he i don't know is he going to get a redemption arc that i hope not uh. um, <laughs> yeah keeping keeping a slave colony of kids uh yeah that's uh yeah i, I don't even know if Giorgio could come back from that like i feel like eating humans is like <laughs> you can come back from that a little bit better than like, i mean they are just tasty you know i i'm, I'm pretty sure that, that, that we've got the right level of ratios in there but I, you know what it's once we're able to have the impossible human burger like okay that'll right. be pretty popular hey, they, had, they had that hufu back in the day anyway adam <laughs> let, let's, let's do your rating poor rudy is gonna be waiting for us on zoom to talk discovery soon so okay uh, i i i think for for this one i'm just gonna get i'm gonna give it a nine and the only reason that i'm knocking it a little how bit, dare you oh no <laughs> it's it's awful i I think that uh, the the first time that that I that I watched this, I I missed a few things, 
And I think it's it's maybe just because that uh, with the pace of this show, it's it's almost like if if you have other people in the room and you're and you're watching it, like I'm so used to having like my my laser focus of Star Trek uh, watching <laughs> on. And uh, there were just a, a, a few random lines that because I missed it, that some of the episode didn't quite make as much sense to me on the first viewing. I got it all in the second the second time because I made sure to put on my proper uh, laser focused vision. You put but, on your Spock helmet. Yeah, my my spot helmet, the little light was was going <laughs> off to increase my mental capacity, and uh, yeah, it, it loved the episode. But you know what? I th- I think there is a little bit of a um, uh, uh, something that that is a, a a con to the the length of these episodes. Con. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, with that. With that, it's time for us to, to to bid you goodbye for the week. So so let me look at, and as I have been doing through this entire po- podcast, uh, I need to remind myself what I say when I say goodbye. So thank you to, first of all, to Adam. He was here with me. It's We've hung out for a few days. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Adam and I have known each other for quite a while. And we are friends. And it's, we hang out together in the same room every now and then rather than just on Zoom. So it's been wonderful to actually talk to you about Star Trek in person. I talked to your mom about Star Trek briefly right there. That was so yeah. cool. Yeah, it, it's... I mean, it's 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 weird to feel like the pandemic is something that can, like, bring us all closer together in, in some ways. But, but you know what? Like, <laughs> it has it, it made these sort of in-person moments. It's just... It's really special to just, like, be in a room... Uh, sitting on awkwardly on the floor recording a podcast uh, with a computer propped in an ottoman like it's it's been an absolute delight and and bill rudy max and dinah and emily wherever y'all are wherever wherever y'all are sitting on the floor awkwardly on carpet i hope y'all are making podcasts too uh, all right <laughs> uh, thank you just to for recording our theme music always love that tune coming through the speakers and thank you, listener, for, for making time for us every week. I really appreciate that you you add us to your podcast rotation. You talk about us with your friends. It's um, it's a real joy when I get messages from folks who listen in and, and commenting on, on this, that, or the other. Uh, shout out to Judy, who recently tweeted at us uh, that we, we've joined her podcast rotation. Much appreciation for, for you reaching out. Oh, uh, and then, delighted. Yeah, yeah. Special thanks this week to Kate Mulgrew. This one's a sincere one. Like... Thanks for coming back. You're oh. awesome. I have missed you so much. It's like a piece of my childhood has come back to life. Like literally. Yeah. And, and Janeway. I, I, I mean, really, and I'll just give one one more plug here. Like watch the Ready Room interview and actually just like go back and watch interviews with Kate Mulgrew, like about Star Trek, like throughout the whole back catalog we, we, that there is, because I just, she is my favorite Star Trek captain to hear interviews mm-hmm. from. There's a there's a special quality that she has where you just feel like she like she is Janeway in a in a very real sense, and it just it's it's so special to be there for it. Absolutely. Well, with that, we'll see you in a week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.